With Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, our online banking and mobile app are like having a branch right at your fingertips with everything you need to use and manage your accounts 24-7. Check us out at NotreDameFCU.com, insured by NCUA. We hope you're having a very blessed Easter and wanted to share an episode from last year talking about the Easter season and specifically Divine Mercy devotion. So enjoy. Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop and happy Easter, Bishop. Thank you, Kyle. Happy Easter to you. And it's still Easter. We're in the octave. That's right. So eight days of Easter. That's right. Yep. And every day, each of these eight days is a solemnity, highest rank in the church's calendar. So it's great to be Catholic. We don't just celebrate Easter in one day, but eight days, same with Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. So we're supposed to eat lots of candy. Is that a mandate? That's right. Eat a lot of chocolate. Let your kids eat chocolate every morning for breakfast during these eight days, Kyle. Just a bowl of chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Bowl of of jelly beans for breakfast. That'll go over well. And then go to the dentist the week. Take them to the dentist the following week. That's right. Hey, um, what day does an Easter egg hate the most? I don't know. Friday. (laughs) Uh, oh that's great that was that was the best of all of the horrible easter jokes that i found (laughs) (laughs) did you tell that to your kids uh no i I will do that as soon as we're done recording here yeah be sure to do that yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right do you have an opening prayer for us today bishop well, I think during this Easter season, the Regina Chaley is is a beautiful Easter prayer to our Blessed Mother. So we can do that today. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Queen of heaven, rejoice. Alleluia. The Son whom you merited to bear. Alleluia. Has risen as he said. Alleluia. Pray for us to God. Alleluia. Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary. Alleluia. For the Lord has truly risen. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So that's our song during Easter. Hallelujah. You just said it how many times? Six times in the Regina Chaley. Yeah, it felt good. Yep, because we didn't sing it all through Lent. Yeah, I've heard of people burying an Alleluia for Lent, and then they dig it up for Easter. Are you familiar with this practice? I have never heard that. I think that must be a, a custom in Decatur. Oh, <laughs> I haven't done it, but I've heard about it. I, I think it's a fun idea. Yeah. Especially with kids. I, yeah, know. that's a good idea. Well, this upcoming Sunday is Divine Mercy Sunday. It's always the second Sunday of Easter, concludes the Easter octave. thought maybe we could just do a, a refresher on the Divine Mercy yeah, you know, it was it was Pope St. John Paul II who decreed that the second Sunday of Easter would be known as Divine Mercy Sunday. And remember, he did that in the year 2000. So this was um, after he canonized St. Faustina. He declared the second Sunday of Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday. And Pope John Paul and St. Faustina were both Polish. That's right. Of course, John Paul was, you know, had been Archbishop of Krakow and St. Faustina was in a convent in Krakow. When I led our youth to World Youth Day in Krakow, we we did together visited the uh, the convent 
where St. Faustina lived and where she received the revelations of divine mercy. And then there's a big shrine there now. And so we had mass and I was really happy to be there. And now they've built very close by a shrine to St. John Paul II, which is beautiful also. It's interesting that uh, St. John Paul died on the vigil of divine mercy. And then he was beatified by Pope Benedict on Divine Mercy Sunday. And then later, he was canonized by Pope Francis on Divine Mercy Sunday. Hmm. So there's this, this connection uh, that's between St. John Paul II and this humble Polish nun who received these private revelations concerning Divine Mercy. And, you know, she wrote a diary, and that's how we know about her experiences in prayer the revelations she received. And it was interesting. It was, this was back in 19, in the 1930s. And what was happening at that time in the world was these evils were rising. Nazism started and communism, you know, these ideologies were taking, taking shape. And it was at that time that she, inspired by God, was the herald of the message that would defeat ultimately and offset the evil of these ideologies, the fact that God is mercy. So ever since he, be, when he, after he became Pope, John Paul said he felt impelled to pass on this message of divine mercy so that it wouldn't just be something that people in Krakow or Poland knew about, but he, he wanted it to be for the whole universal church. And it was in those uh, private revelations, we read in St. Faustina's diary, there were 14 times where Jesus requested a feast of mercy, <laughs> Divine Mercy Sunday. And one of the uh, things in the diary, it says, my daughter, tell the whole world about my inconceivable mercy. I desire that the feast of mercy be a refuge and shelter for all souls and especially for poor sinners. On that day, the very depths of my tender mercy are open. I pour out a whole ocean of graces upon those souls who approach the fount of my mercy. The soul that will go to confession and receive holy communion shall obtain complete forgiveness of sins and punishment. Let no soul fear to draw near to me. It is my desire that it be solemnly celebrated on the first Sunday after Easter. Mankind will not have peace until it turns to the fount of my mercy. I think the knowledge of Catholics about Divine Mercy Sunday has obviously increased a lot in the past 20 years. And, you know, sometimes we say, oh, how is, how is it that we have this liturgical feast based on private revelation. When you think about it, it's not primarily about St. Faustina. And it's really not totally new because the second Sunday of Easter always was you know, a solemnity. It's the end of the octave of Easter. And mercy is, is part of what uh, the Easter octave is all about the triumph of mercy, the triumph of God's mercy. We give thanks during the Easter octave for the goodness that God has shown to us through his mercy. And so 
this being a week after Easter, it seems like maybe it would be more of a Good Friday thing. Why why do you think the it being post-resurrection being something to reflect on? It's interesting that the novena begins on Good Friday, you know, mm. the nine days. So there is a connection, obviously, because where do we see God's mercy revealed in the most powerful way and efficaciously is is his is Jesus's death on the cross. At the same time though, we have to keep in mind that this loving mercy is victorious. If there was no resurrection, what happened on Good Friday would have very little meaning for us, you know, just be this holy man died, but no, he rose from the dead, which confirmed his teachings and his divinity. And so therefore his mercy endures forever. So you can't really separate Good Friday and Easter Sunday in that way. And so it makes sense, I think, as as we continue then to celebrate the resurrection for eight days, that the final day is a celebration of the victory of divine mercy, that sin is defeated and death is overcome. Mm-hmm. Another question about the divine mercy, the image that people might have seen is Jesus with his hands and there's a beams coming from his heart and it says, Jesus, I trust in you. It doesn't say divine mercy. Can you maybe kind of make the connection between Jesus' divine mercy and this idea of trusting in Jesus? Exactly. Because... To trust in Jesus is to trust in his love and mercy. There is a a response that we're invited to give. I mean, it's not just God or Jesus bestowing their mercy. We have to receive it. We can say no to it, really. And how do we receive it? We receive it with faith, with trust. We talked in the last episode about um, Judas. I mean, isn't that his failure? Not just his betraying Jesus. What was worse was he didn't accept the divine mercy. He didn't trust. And I love that. You mentioned the image. uh, Besides the words, this image is how Faustina described Jesus' appearance to her in a vision. His right hand is raised up in a blessing and his left hand is touching his garment above his heart. And you see the rays that emanate from the sacred heart, red and white rays. Clearly they symbolize the blood in the water. You know, when Jesus's heart was pierced on the cross, blood and water flowed out. So these rays being red and white in the image of divine mercy, symbolize the blood and the water that was poured out for our salvation, for our sanctification. In his revelations to St. Faustina, our Lord asked that his image be painted, that what she saw be painted and venerated throughout the world. And that's what's happened. I mean, it began there in Krakow and in Vilnius, Lithuania, the original paintings of Divine Mercy, but now there are 
hundreds of thousands of images of divine mercy in churches and homes all over the place with that with those words Jesus I trust in you and it was the Lord himself who requested that those words be inscribed under his image he asked that the image be painted and and he says that by means of this image he'll grant many graces to souls and I think that's that's very beautiful yeah the diocese on the diocesan website, dioceseswsb.org slash divine-mercy-sunday, there's information about a plenary indulgence, and yes. it's really a great website. And there's a PDF flyer. There's a Spanish version. It talks about what is a plen plenary indulgence. Easy for me to say. Uh, <laughs> then how do I obtain that? And thought maybe you could just share a little bit about plenary indulgences in general and then what what we could do or should do for this, this upcoming Divine Mercy Sunday? Well, first, Kyle, I'm glad you mentioned the Dawson website because they really did a great job, our communications secretariat. So I hope a lot of people will check it out. We're able to obtain a plenary indulgence on Divine Mercy Sunday. And basically, well, explaining a plenary indulgence, you know, we receive forgiveness for our sins in the sacrament of penance, okay? The guilt of our sin is removed, but we do know that what remains are the temporal punishments due to sin, so those effects of sin. And a plenary indulgence basically is um, remits the temporal punishment due to sin. In order to obtain a plenary indulgence, it always requires three things. And there's other means to getting a plenary indulgence besides Divine Mercy Sunday. There's a lot. You can look at the handbook of indulgences or the manual of indulgences and see the different prayers, et cetera, that can be done to obtain a plenary indulgence. But the three requirements are sacramental confession. So you, if you go to confession on Divine Mercy Sunday, but you can actually, it doesn't have to be exactly on that day. It could be a few days before or after, but but we always, that's always part of, of gaining a plenary indulgence is going to confession. The second is receiving Holy Communion. So, so you go to confession on Divine Mercy. By the way, a lot of priests, a lot of parishes, the priests do make time for confessions on Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm. The other thing is, you know, receiving Holy Communion on that day. And third, we always have for plenary indulgence, prayer for the intentions of of our Holy Father for prayers for the Pope. And usually what I'll do is I'll say in our Father, Hail Mary and glory be for the Pope. Mm -hmm. Now, on Divine Mercy Sunday, this should be done in a church or, or a chapel. But one really important thing, you don't get a plenary indulgence, which is a full remission of the temporal punishment due to sin, unless you're completely detached from affection for sin. In other words, even if you're attached to a venial sin, uh, you're not going to get a plenary indulgence. You have to be completely detached. That's really important to understand. And of course, you take part in the prayers and the devotions of Divine Mercy Sunday. You could say the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You can venerate an image of the Divine Mercy. You can go to church and, and, and spend some time in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle or in some places they have exposition of the Blessed Sacrament on Divine Mercy Sunday. By the way, a plenary indulgence 
uh, it doesn't have to be for yourself. You can apply it to the souls in purgatory. Mm. So if you have a deceased loved one, you can offer or, or obtain the plenary indulgence for them. Now, if you do some of this, but not all of it, you could be getting a, a partial indulgence, okay? Merciful Jesus, I trust in you. Just to say that devoutly. Um, yeah, so I think that hopefully that, that explains it, yeah. You talked about being detached from sin completely. Is that right. accomplished through confession or is that something beyond confession? It's beyond confession because... You can, obviously, confession is necessary for the plenary indulgence. But in order to obtain it, you also have to be detached from sin. In other words, if you have been forgiven your sins, but you're still attached even to a venial sin, you're attached to, let's say, some, or anger, for example, mm -hmm. that you still have this attitude or of anger within you, then you're not going to get the plenary indulgence. Some of this is a little mysterious, to be honest, Kyle. You know, sometimes people, and myself included, might wonder, well, I don't know if I'm fully detached from sin. Uh -huh. You know, and I just, to be honest, I just leave that in God's hands. You know, if, if I'm not, well, then I re receive a partial indulgence. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes it's hard to really know be interesting to get a, a, a some theologian who's expert in this area on the show but that's something that i always kind of wonder about yeah i think anytime we talk about indulgences that might scare people a little bit that we're earning our salvation and especially non-catholic christians might have problems with that mm -hmm. can you maybe explain how that this this isn't something to, to worry about or to be scared of yeah, I think it would take more time than one episode. Okay. To get yeah, maybe into that's this. a whole episode. I, in I don't know if we've talked about it before, but if we've given a lot of time to it. But really, I think we have to keep the emphasis is it's not really what we're doing. It's God's clemency we're talking about. It's the treasure of the church that we're talking about here. And that's applied to us. So an indulgence is something that we receive as a gift. But to dispose ourselves to receive that gift, we do these actions. We go to confession. We do the prayers. We receive Holy Communion. So there is a danger, as you mentioned, of thinking that we earn it. Mm -hmm. You know, to be honest, before God, what can we earn? I mean, it's all a fruit of His grace. Even the good we do, we wouldn't be able to do without his grace. Yeah. And one other thing that's on this website, which again is at diocesefwsb.org slash divine dash mercy dash Sunday is a version of the divine mercy chaplet prayed by yourself, Bishop. So people can pray that along with you. Can you talk a little bit about that chaplet? People pray that on a rosary, but you yeah. pray different prayers. Yeah, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy has has become very popular. It's customary. I mean, you could do it any time of the day, but kind of the three o'clock hour, the hour of Divine Mercy, the hour when Jesus passed from from this life to the Father, is an especially appropriate time to pray the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. 
you know, it's this constant asking God to have mercy on us and all of the whole world. I think it's very uh, beautiful. I think it's it's a devotion that a lot of people have grown to like and even to love to pray it. And I, I think it's really good because it highlights for us this attribute of God that we should never minimize, that he is the father of mercies. So I, I think it's good. It doesn't take very long, five minutes, six minutes. You can pray it in the car with your rosary, even children. You know, I know children to teach your kids to pray the chaplet of divine mercy. I also find that it's something I enjoy doing when I make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. I, that's another opportune time. Or before an image of divine mercy. I, I especially find that helpful to focus while praying the chaplet. All right. And again, there is instructions on how to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. There's a little video that you can pray along with Bishop. And there's a homily. There's more resources. And if nothing else, I encourage people to go check out this website because there's an image on here, a picture of some students at Marion High School painting an eight-foot oil painting of the Divine Mercy that was done in 2019, which is awesome. I If you would have just shown me that picture, I would have just assumed that's something that they they bought yeah. and hung up there. I, that students yeah. did that is so cool. They have a great art department at Marion High School. I think it's cool too. Yeah. yeah. As you were talking about the chaplet, I forgot to mention, in her diary, you know, St. Faustina writes of Jesus telling her to encourage people to say the chaplet. And then this really struck me. He said to St. Faustina, whoever will recite it will receive great mercy at the hour of death. Even if there were a sinner most hardened, if he were to recite this chaplet only once, he would receive grace from my infinite mercy. I desire that the whole world know my infinite mercy. So to all those that maybe feel a little bit uh, hardened and and doubtful of of this, you know, and maybe listeners who've who've been away from the practice of the faith, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one way to kind of start over or, or come back is to pray the chaplet of divine mercy and and let the Lord pour out upon you this this gift. Mm-hmm. So all right. Again, you can find more information about that at dioceseffwsb.org slash divine dash mercy dash Sunday. All right. Well, if you have a question for Bishop, send a text to the Holy Cross College text line 260-436-9598. And before we go, could we get your Episcopal blessing? Well, since we've been talking about solemn blessings, do you want to do a different one? Should I do a solemn blessing? I'm ready to bow my head if you if you instruct me to do so. We've never done this, I don't think, on this so on the show. So why don't well it is the octave of Easter. Why don't I do the solemn blessing from Easter? Great. Uh, okay. The Lord be with you. Wait, do, don't you have to tell me to bow my head? That comes after I say the oh, Lord that's be right. with okay. you. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. 
May Almighty God bless you through today's Easter solemnity and in his compassion defend you from every assault of sin. Amen. And may he who restores you to eternal life in the resurrection of his only begotten endow you with the prize of immortality. Amen. Now that the days of the Lord's passion have drawn to a close, may you who celebrate the gladness of the Paschal Feast come with Christ's help and exulting in spirit to those feasts that are celebrated in eternal joy. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Take care, Kyle. Alleluia, alleluia. All right. Happy Easter, Bishop. (laughs) God bless. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rose is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. It's engineered by Josh Skipper at the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend, produced by Miriam Schmitz, and edited by Tony Marks for Spoke Street Media. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit SpokeStreet.com.